and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon-Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morahan, and this is Intern E. We are bringing live to you your favorite sex position of an episode, episode 69. How you doing today, fellas? <laughs> nice. 69. I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, I well, you know, Jermaine, I got to admit I'm not doing so hot. Uh. My sports teams are trash. The only thing I have to look forward to is the ending of baseball season for the Colorado Rockies. Uh, the Avs and the Broncos have both been eliminated from the playoffs. And now I have, I guess, the end of the season for the Rockies and the Carolina Panthers football to, to look forward to. So that's that's not too good. But we have a lot <laughs> to cover on this episode 69. Uh, NBA action, some NBA news. Uh, basically, the NBA awards season is pretty much over. I believe it's over, right, Jermaine? Award season is over? Um, no, we still have executive of the year and uh, comeback player of the year. Right. Y- yeah, you know, just the ones that people typically aren't well-informed on because they only watch like seven games a year. Yeah, so we'll bring you uh, MVP, rookie of the year, defensive player of the year, have uh, all NBA defensive team, all NBA first, second, and third teams uh, have all been assi- have all been decided, announced, I guess is what I'm looking for. We'll talk about the NBA's new substance rule. Give you an update on the uh, NHL playoffs and the Euro, the first group games of Euro 2020. Uh, and then go into standing O and find them and cut them, as we always do. Yeah, just to clarify that real quick, Nick was talking about the MLB substance rule. But before we kick it off with MLB, we're going to go ahead and talk about Today's trivia question, right? Just to timestamp this episode, we're currently watching the Sixers dominate the Hawks. It's a pretty embarrassing basketball game. The second half is kicking off. But with that being said, and the defensive teams just being announced for the NBA, today's trivia question is, how many players in NBA history have been named to the all-defensive team at least 12 times? I'll repeat that. How many players in NBA history have been named to all-defensive team at least 12 times? And the answer is, so Nick, the MLB is in hot water yet again. Stop if you've heard this before. No, I've never heard it. What a what a un un uh, blackened sport. It's a no, it's it's no literally black eyes a for be- baseball. it's a beacon of morality. I would say so. All right, so let's move on. Okay, moving on. <laughs> the MLB has just instituted a mid-sentence rule change. Mid-sentence rule change. Mid-season rule change. There is now a 10-game suspension for any pitcher. A 10-game suspension with pay for any pitcher who is caught using a foreign or sticky substance while pitching. Uh, yeah, I'm okay. I'll I'll start right. The last the last five years, right? We've seen a historic, an unprecedented historical rise in the amount of home runs. So to combat that, at the end of last year, baseball announced that they'd have a new ball for this season. So pitchers spent the entire off season and spring training messing with this ball. The reports that came out in spring training was this new ball was too slippery, right? Basically, if you guys listen to uh, Taylor Glasgow the Rays pitcher. He basically made some really good points this year that he's spent 
all of his time this year, preseason and or sorry, off season and preseason spring training, working with these substances. I think he said his was uh, um, sunscreen and resin, right? Which they're all going to be based in some sort of sticky substance and probably the sunscreen to make it white so it can it appears like you're not looking for or using stuff on a baseball or it sprays on easily i don't know but they they spent all all off season kind of you kind of operating in this in this gray realm of baseball right where there's where there's kind of rules that say you can't use substances but they don't they don't exactly say the substances and if you're good with it Right, and you know other players are using it. For example, I, I heard this. I heard this today. If you're sitting in the Baltimore Orioles dugout, and you have the scattering reports on Garrett Cole, and you know that every year Garrett Cole's spin rate has been this, 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 this. I'll just throw out a random number: fifty-eight hundred RPMs on his fastball. And then all of a sudden, this year, because the ball is a little slippier, slip, slipperier, <laughs> the ball is a little bit more slippy. <laughs> you see Garrett Cole's spin rate is now 6,400, 6,500, 6,600. So you're like, well, Garrett Cole obviously has to be using something. For the last five years, his spin rate has been this. Now it's increased by 500 to 1,000 RPMs. So That's John Means. Yeah, because of Yankee Stadium, because the humidity, right? So John Means uses some stuff. John Means throws a no-hitter, right? The NBA, the, the MLB is cracking down on this because we've mentioned it in the podcast. There has been an unprecedented number of no hitters but that's not just because the pitchers are using sticky substances it's because hitters aren't being taught to hit anymore they're being taught to hit home runs and when you have pitchers throwing a ball that can't hit home runs with hitters that are focusing on launch angle and exit velocity and now the pitchers are allowed to use not allowed but sticky substances isn't banned well, now they're going to get struck out. The problem that I have with it is that in the middle of the season, the MLB institutes this rule, which now pitchers have to go back and they have to revert everything they did in the last six months of training, basically, and throwing bullpens and everything like that. And Glasgow, Glasgow said it perfectly. He Glasgow. might have – Glasgow. Thank you. Glasnow. 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 Not the capital of Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> um, said it perfectly. When you're throwing a slippery ball, right? And for those of you out there, I was a pitcher, right? I get this. I I have a messed up elbow because I didn't know how to throw a ball right. And I would overgrip the ball. And my elbow would hurt that I couldn't pick it up the next day at school. So when he says this stuff, it's based in reality. He throws the way you want to throw a fastball is you literally want to snap it off your fingertips. The further you hold a ball back in your hand, the less velocity you get because it's dragging on your fingers as it comes out. If you just want to learn to throw a changeup, stick the ball as far back in your hand as you can and just throw the ball. The ball will come out slower than your fastball. A curveball, you want to have the tip of your finger on it with the least amount of resistance so that you can spin the ever-loving crap out of it. Glasgow is, or Glasnow is now having to grab the ball and put it back in his hand, which is forcing him to grip the crap out of this soft ball that he can't doctor up now. And he's having to basically – this kid throws I, – I don't know what his average – E, can you look up his average, what his average fastball is? I would guess it's around Major League average, which is 94. Yeah, it's got to be around there. He was going to be an all-star. He was a perennial – he might have been a Cy Young this year. This, in the – oh, yeah, in the American League, maybe, yeah. Um, I'll, get to, I'll get to the NL Cy Young here in a second. 
It's unfathomable hold what's on, happening hold on, over hold there. Hold on. Hold on. So he grips the ball back. He throws 94. He's gripping the ball now, trying to not throw it out. Baseball is already a place for these arm injuries, right? You, you already Baseball is already an unnatural motion. If you're gripping down on the ball even more than you should and there's just a, sw- a slight tweak in your arm, that's like basically take your arm and hit it with a hammer. <laughs> you're basically snapping your arm every time you throw. And something he's practiced now for six months, he has to change it up. And one of the big things that plays in baseball that people aren't thinking about is now pitchers aren't confident. And when pitchers aren't confident, they try to overthrow baseballs. And when they try to overthrow baseballs, they hurt themselves. Or the batter. Because that's when you lose control and hit the batter. Or you're going to see a rise in hit by pitch. And let's hope to God they don't ear hole somebody. And now you're taking the whole player safety thing into so I know, I just, that was I a want, long rant. I wanted to ask. So I mean, sticky substances have been around, right? It just didn't pop for up years. this decade. All right, so it's been around for well, years. Oh, <laughs> didn't pop up this decade. I mean, it is. It is okay. Glasnow averages ninety-seven, so that's even more. I mean, the stress that this—my kid—he might be as old as I am. The stress that this guy is putting on his arm is incredible, pitch by pitch. He throws 80 pitches the other day, and he's snapping his arm every single one of those at it at 97. It's incredible. Yeah, sticky substances have been around forever. I mean, like, like there's a bag, there's a bag, there's a there's a bag behind every MLB mound that you can go and you can ta- you can tamp your hands off like chalk that like pitchers are legally allowed to use, but like okay. I mean, you put a little like I, I I knew guys in high school that would put a little bit of like pine tar on the bill of their caps and just like when you go through your routine, you ever every you you can blame it on your routine. Every pitcher has a routine, right? I would I would catch the pitch and I would walk around the outside of the mound, and at some point I would take off my hat. I would go through you know I would go through my hair or something, and I would put my hat back on. At some point in that, some guy can just take you know take a little off the brim of his cap. And just rub it on the ball. And now he's throwing that fastball better. And that's happened since baseball was around. <laughs> the most moral of all sports. Listen, if you love, if you love unbridled capitalism and the American dream, you should love, you should love baseball. We have rules in place to prevent cheating in the American economic system. Are they always followed? <laughs> <laughs> no. This was an unwritten rule. And uh yeah, it's I think it's preposterous. Mid mid season, first of all, like, who cares? We want more K's. We want no more no hitters. Like, it, if hitters aren't going to hit for average anymore, and they're just out there swinging like goons trying to hit a home run, that's their fault. Here's the thing: baseball very clearly tracks after like the world, like the world system, right? Think of the like USSR and the US, right? As like pitchers and hitters. Eventually, in five years, pitchers will find a way to hit, or hitters will find a way to hit these balls. And then pitchers will find a way to doctor the balls up again. And soon we'll be hitting moon rocks. I like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, soon we'll be hitting balls into Pluto. I don't know what where baseball goes, but it's an arms race. Yeah. So, uh, E just dropped this little nugget. We'll, we'll, we'll drop this off and then move to the next subject. So, start of the season, Tyler Glass now was averaging 
it went up each month, which makes sense because your arm is getting more used to the strain and you're getting into the flow of the season, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not, that's not super outlandish. But with that being said, the reason why we talk about Tyler Glass now is uh, ho- hopefully he gets healthy soon. He is trying to not have Tommy John. For those of you who watch baseball, you know that's the last thing you want to hear if you're a pitcher. So he's yeah. going through rehab stints right now trying to not have Tommy John. But uh, needless to say, his rent mirrors what every other pitcher was saying This uh, since MLB instituted this rule. And again, Rob Manfred strikes. The Manfred Mafia, you can't fuck with it. May I just, may I just make one point before we move on? Go ahead. If you look at spin rates, you can tell when a when a you can look at all the good pitchers this year, right? The I'll use Garrett Cole as an example, with the except and you can look at their spin rates like I already mentioned, with the exception of one pitcher, Degrom. That's Jacob Degrom. Either he's been using substances the whole time, which would be <laughs> the best, <laughs> or he is a physical freak, and he just and he just isn't from this planet. Option B. He's more a, he's he has a, more he's RBIs. A bro. He has more RBIs than he does earned runs this year. It's the greatest stat, bro. <laughs> MVP. He's a reptilian, though. With that being said, let's go ahead and move into NHL. We're gonna wrap up the NHL uh, conference court. It was quarterfinals, right? Yeah, so now we've moved in. Now we've they basically have the won semis. their own division. So that these teams won their division. Okay, and now we're in the semis. And now we're in the Stanley Cup semifinals, yes. All right, so the Tampa Bay Lightning are playing the Isles. The Lightning won 4-1 over... 4-2. No, no, no. Oh, you're, these are the, this isn't the record in the previous series. This is the game record. Yeah, that's Anyways. the record in the previous series. You're right. Okay, so Lightning won 4-1. Uh, Isles over the Hurricanes. Won, over the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Isles won 4-2 over the Bruins, and the series is tied 1-1. Yeah. The Canadians, the darlings of the Cup Finals this year, are had a 4-0 sweep over the Winnipeg Jets and the Vegas Golden Knights. Last but not least, Nicholas. Won 4-2 versus the Colorado Avalanche, the stinky Avalanche, the can't-win-no-periods Avalanche, the get-off-my-ice-and-go-home Avalanche. Yeah. Dominate. And Vegas is up uh, 1-0 in the series with second game taking place today. Fun fact, first Canadian team to play in USA in 15 months is the Canadians. Hashtag COVID was the thing. But we won. Hashtag mission accomplished. (laughs) Hashtag mission accomplished. I've seen like videos of people at Disney, which is not relevant to anything we're talking about, but it's just like crowded beyond belief and nobody has a mask on or anything. It's just so funny. (laughs) So funny how quick everyone's like, ah, I'm over this. Fuck it. Fuck it. All right. So do you have anything else you want to add to the NHL portion? No, I mean, I, I listen. Listen, I we said from the beginning. If you listen to Nevada, the hockey preview episode between Nevada and I, we said that it was going to be. We we predicted Boston. We predicted Boston to have a better showing. Uh, if you listen to me, I did say that the Lightning could be dangerous. Right, the, I, like the fact that the Lightning were third in their division that didn't speak to them. They have massive playoff experience. If you bet the Golden Knights, which you should have. When we told you to, they dropped down to plus 120 in the Stanley Cup favorites after they beat the Avs. 
unbettable at this point. Well, I mean, we said from the beginning in that Stanley Cup episode, the winner of the Avs Night Series wins the Stanley Cup, and I still stand by that. I do too. So and they're actually, going to run through the Canadians. If you think the Canadians have any chance, they're going to get bodied. Yeah, it's it's not going to be. I mean, Vegas already dominated in game one. It was four one. Um, Canadians. It was a fun. It was a fun ride. <laughs> um, we'll see you next year, kids. Yeah, it was I a liked, ride for sure. I liked Lightning versus Knights in the finals. So I'm hoping that hits. Yeah. All right. Uh, who do you? So who do you have in the finals? Lightning and Knights, yeah. Lightning and Knights, so we're going to sleep on the Islanders? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, I, <laughs> I, I just don't want the Islanders to win more than anything. If <laughs> if if the Toronto Maple Leafs are, are the uh, dollar general of the NHL, the Islanders have to be like the Walmart, right? Or like the Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't trust them. It doesn't matter what time of day, I just don't trust them. Yeah, they're the Utah Jazz. Yeah. All right. So the Euro Cup, Euro 2020 in 2021. Yes, you heard that right, folks. Has kicked off. And um, it's been pretty eventful. Some would say. Italy's already won their two games that they played 6-0. So Nick is probably pretty happy about that. España looks terrible. Uh, Nick's probably not happy about that. Mucho Uh, crappy. E and Nick went head-to-head, France versus Germany. Again, I was not confident that Germany was going to win. And uh, Nick, ever the uh, fan, (laughs) suffered defeat 1-0 on a, what was it, Hummel's own goal? Yeah, Hummel's own goal. It should have been 16 to nothing, France, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean it should have. Just uh, I mean, I mean, just PS PSG stars just can't succeed against German teams. It's just something that they just can't put it in the back of the net. They need the Germans to put it in the back of the net for them. You know what? I I was watching the telecast and there was a funny little piece of news. Uh, What was it? The World Cup that Germany won. Hummels is the one that scored the goal in the quarterfinal to beat mm-hmm. France. Mm-hmm. So now it's funny that Germany has never lost in Euros. They had never lost up until this France defeat an opening game at the Euros. Yep. And they lost to what many believe is the favorite to win the tournament. Italy looks good. Belgium looks good. Um, Ukraine in defeat surprised me. Russia won. I'm trying to think, who else looked good? That, that you know, I I would say no. There's you know, I, we have a lot of faith in in Group F. I don't have a lot of faith in Group F after watching their first games. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't know what you guys saw in the Portugal game. I didn't see it. I went back and watched most of that game and still don't understand what you're talking about. Um, so. Well, I'm just I so so what Portugal dominated the first 45 and the ball was constantly in the opponent's box. Like, all right, they didn't score a goal, but I don't understand what you want. I just didn't think I just didn't think they got meaningful chances. They didn't really get meaningful chances until the 80th minute. Right. But they were they were constantly putting pressure on the situation. There was crosses, there were set pieces into the box, there was constant, there was constant pressure. True, but I guess I guess what I'm saying then is Hungary did a great job of defending. Yeah, until I mean, the 80th minute when it was 
<laughs> they they had to because I think yeah. Portugal had the ball for like seventy percent possession. Mark the, mark the bus. <laughs> yeah, they stayed on one side. So uh, Wales looked good and England looked shitty. I don't know about the source on this one because the source is wildly biased when it comes to this situation. There's no context. It is just four exclamation marks. Apparently, I'm I think to take it you know what I I, I I will say this. Uh, playing against a Croatian team, I think England could not have looked better. I I, I think that was, <laughs> I, I, and I'm not saying that just because of I, just because of E, just because E said that England looked shitty. I think England played a great game against Croatia. They 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 scrap. That's the that's exactly the game that England needs to play for them to gain confidence going forward. If you watch that game and aren't scared. That are, are aren't scared of England, then you don't watch enough soccer because that was exactly it was a hard fought game. Yeah, they made mistakes. They gave up the ball a lot. They probably didn't convert chances. They didn't make good runs, but they pulled it together in in the in the second half. They got their crap together, and for a young team, that's really all you need sometimes to show. Hey, man, even at our at our worst, we can still beat one of the top teams in Europe. And they just got reinforcements. Yeah. Harry Maguire is uh, officially fit to play for England in this next game. So that's going to be huge, huge help for them. Harry Maguire is a terrific center back. So, I mean, I think center back's arguably like one of the most important positions. So, um, you know, so for him to come back, like, it was a big deal. But yeah, uh, the favorites in France looked, you know, it's so funny. They looked bad, but we're still very, very good, which is, does not bode well for the rest of everyone. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you are you, the. Here's the thing, right? France will not see another attack like Germany. That is one thing the Germans still do very well: is attack. They are very good at attacking and pushing the ball up. They will not see another in this field. Maybe aside from Belgium. Belgium might have the only comparable attack to Germany in this field. I know Italy's opponents weren't the quality that you Italy want to hype up, good. but like, good lord! <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. I, I talked a lot of trash too. I was like, who does Italy have? Ain't nobody think, scared of Italy. And I looked at both these games. I was like, all right, maybe I'll maybe I'll step back a little bit. Think about it, dude. For the last two years. This team has been hearing nothing except for you <laughs> are the let failure. you are the letdown of generations of Italian soccer players, and that either does two things: that either breaks you down or that either pisses you off. And I think the Italians are pretty pissed off right now. This entire squad wasn't al- allowed to eat at their mother's house for the last two years, bro. <laughs> Dude, they were disowned. Listen, listen they're, they're skinny. <laughs> <laughs> they're skinny. They're running around the pitch. They're the literal definition of hungry. <laughs> they want it, baby. <laughs> All right. So the big news of this weekend um, was uh, on a serious note. Denmark's Christian Eriksen collapsed on the pitch due to cardiac arrest. Um Danish captain Simon Kier uh, was the first to respond, got in there, uses ABC's airway, breathing, chest, cleared the airway, started putting work on this young man, instructed the rest of the players 
to create a wall so that way BBC couldn't zoom in on him to see what was happening. And immediately, medical professionals were summoned to the pitch. And arguably one of the scariest moments I've ever seen in professional sports. And the doctor said that at one point in time, this man was lifeless. He was dead. And by sheer will, luck, grace of God, whatever you want to call it, he was able to be resuscitated, put on a stretcher, and rushed to the nearest hospital. <laughs> and uh, to correct myself, the C and ABCs is circulation, not chest. Same, same. But, um, yeah, and, he's, and he was responsive at the hospital. He spoke to his team that day. And that's where the situation gets uh, – I mean, it's already a shitty situation, but it just gets compounded by one of the worst-run organizations in the known world. Actually, scratch that. The universe, which Thanos snapped away. UEFA gave the team Finland one option. Well, they gave them two options, but the option was play. You either play tonight, the night – a few hours later after this happened, or you play the next day at noon, 6 a.m. Eastern time because of time differences. And uh, m- most of the players, yeah, the game, the game the night of was an hour and a half after the incident. Most of the players were upset. The coach was upset. Uh, the sports world was upset. The media was upset. Twitter was upset. Shocker, Twitter upset. You know, my friends who watch soccer were upset. It was literally one of the most classless and despicable moves I've ever seen. I know I would not want to play when arguably, especially like it's arguably your best player. Right? And that's not even on a stretch. Like, yeah, I just was doing that to be courteous to the rest of this team, but it's, it's their best player. Like, uh, it's pretty unreal that this was the, the situation at hand, but it is what it is. Uh, what are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, it was it's awesome to see, like, the Danish team really step in for that quick response so that, you know, they can't film this this <laughs> Christian Eriksen laying on the, on the pitch. Um, you know, I, I just think really, like, the best way to show – support for this right and and i think all the players know this right that that uefa is a corrupt organization i think i you know i can see a little bit in a major tournament why uefa would make this decision right because they've scheduled 51 games they need to go off without a hitch and and they can't really reschedule this game that being said you you can't i i should have you know taking it from a degenerate perspective i should have bet my mortgage on finland to win this game when they restarted oh yeah there was no there was no chance that denmark was ever gonna was ever gonna figure it out at all it it is kind of cool that that when the finish i I don't have the finish goal score off at the top of my head and we don't really need to look it up but he would very she shut down goal celebrations which was pretty cool he didn't make a celebration he didn't do anything um, who's the Tottenham goal scorer? Son. You know what I'm talking about? Tottenham's Tottenham's forward. 
You're talking about Harry Kane? No. Talking but, about son is Korean, so he's not at the Euros. No, no, I know he's not. But he was he's at he's playing somewhere else. What whatever. There, there is there is a famous Korean player who plays for Tottenham. And he scored a goal after this and did the two three into the camera. So that yeah, that's, it's son, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where he was playing the Asian Asian Cup or something. The the actual continental tournaments that we don't care about because it's not in Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, those are my thoughts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I already said what I said. I I don't want to beat a dead horse. Like UEFA, fuck, kill yourself. Seriously. Like respectfully, you're you're shitty. You make the NCAA look great. All right, we're close. We're, yeah, which is almost impossible to do. Uh, we're going to close the soccer segment and move into the NFL with this little piece of nugget. The six English clubs involved in the now-defunct Super League, RIP, uh, agreed to pay a 22 million euro fine or 28 million combined. And they agreed that future breakaway attempts will be penalized with an individual 25 million – oh, sorry, this is pounds, not euro. 25 million pounds – and a deduction of 30, 30 points, 10 wins, not 10 draws, that like 10 wins. They agreed for that deduction. This is how corrupt FIFA is. This is how corrupt UEFA is. And anyways, I'm tired of talking about that. We're going to move want, in. I want to see a team win by 31 points. <laughs> Just walk in, slap the $25 million check down on the table, and just be like, find me. I'm going to the Super League. <laughs> Leave the Premier League title yeah. on the desk. <laughs> yeah. Be like, no, walk in with it. And be like, can you check your – can you Google it? How many points I win by? 31. Here's my $25 million. I'm going to the Super League. <laughs> Thanks for the silver. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> go melt it down to make your 25 mil back yeah <laughs> so um yeah we're gonna move on to the nfl now and uh, we got two quick topics that we want to just talk about just nfl usually sucks so we like to kind of spotlight <laughs> what they do good sometimes and one of those things is they are looking to expand their international series now some of you may think no the nfl still sucks with this comment but <laughs> i don't know man an international game is really cool and the way they're trying to sow the seeds is awesome so i i'm a fan of this although you do have to wake up early on sunday so you can't get drunk on the saturday before but whatever sundays is when you drink anyways uh germany is being eyed but no city has been decided on yeah i mean i i would think that this is kind of a callback to nfl europe i've there's a lot and we have a lot of service members also in Germany, it would just be the next logical step. I think I, I think still behind Mexico and England. Canada. Well, in Canada, yeah, I guess. Mexico, Canada, and then England. So North America, and then they'll look to Europe. Yeah, 100%. But games uh, in Germany, for sure. I Honestly, I think it'd be cool. Could you imagine, like, being able to catch – a football game in October and then immediately hop to Oktoberfest in Germany right afterwards. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, that's pretty cool. That is an American talking. I'm sure there are 90%. Well, I hope would hope not 90% because then it's not going to succeed there, but I'm sure there's a large majority of Germans who could care less about NFL football, but 
Oh, if they're Germans, that, if they're if they're Germans, there's also a large percent that actively oppose it. Yeah, and but one thing I have learned is that internationally, the NFL has quite a bit of fan base internationally, which I did not think of, think beforehand. I mean, it's nowhere near baseball, soccer, or basketball, but it's they've got people. Yeah, they really do. I was pretty shocked about that. Uh, you want to take us into the next subject? Yeah, so the NFL, uh, like like Jermaine said, we like to spotlight when they do when the NFL does pretty cool things. Uh, they just pushed one million dollars in research grants for pain management research, uh, including cannabis and CBD. You know, this is I'll fifty fifty this right. <laughs> it's really awesome. You know, starting last year with the decriminalization of uh, weed. Right, how they're not going to suspend players anymore if they pop positive for weed, right? That's good. But a million dollars, NFL, like, <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all can do better than that. They wiped their ass with that money. Bro. Like one, like one million dollars, really. The NFL wipes their ass with one million dollars. It's unreal that that's all they gave. It's Incredible. so funny, dude. Incredible. Oh man. I thought it was cool. That's probably part of the reason we're talking about it. Um, good for the NFL. Get these players off opioids. There's a large opioid epidemic in this country. There's lawsuits. There's people addicted. There's people dying. There's people ruining their lives because of it. And the NFL is literally handing them out like Tic Tacs. So it's probably best to invest some money in some clear pain management research and some things that NFL players have been getting in trouble for because they say it works, which is the most important thing, right? If your players say it works, it probably works. You should be about it. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Player safety. Whoa. Whoa. All right. So, that wraps up all of today's smaller topics with today's major topic and main topic going to be the NBA. Try to keep this short since we already realized we're running a little bit long, but hey, sue us. It's a podcast. We talk, you listen. Hey, hey, talk about it. So the NBA is currently under fire due to its condensed season, which was expected. Everyone understood the risk. You had four or five months impromptuly off. Several teams didn't play. Multiple teams were eliminated in the playoffs and only ended up playing like 14 games. Some teams played 20 games. And then the playoffs were over. So I don't understand that argument, the LeBron argument. Where I, The best part is he says, I, I told you so. I told you injuries were going to happen. He did not specifically say it was going to be injuries. <laughs> he just didn't want to play. How much, how, I got a question for you. How much is, of this is LeBron staying relevant? Dude, that's all he's been doing during this. All right, so speaking of, now that you asked that question, right, I'll <laughs> drop the stat that we were talking about with the injuries. During the season, 370 games of 1,944 were missed. 19%. Highest percentage in a season in the NBA. It might, it's most likely never going to get topped again because, as we said, this was expected. People knew this. It was the most back to backs in NBA history. There was home and away series back to back. There was home and home series back to back. Like, it was expected. 
It was unprecedented times. It's shitty. It's terrible. But your contracts are guaranteed. You got paid millions of dollars. And you did your job. Sometimes it's not always under the best working circumstances. Like, I don't understand why everyone's so high and mighty all of a sudden. Not everyone works under the best circumstances. It's unreal that you can be paid that much and be this upset. And that's what's so – yeah, that's a good point. The only people crying aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, because the, the other people are getting to work. <laughs> yeah. It's just LeBron James trying to stay relevant, as we I wanted to note with this talking point. So LeBron James is changing his jersey number from 23 to 6. It's – who cares? Yeah. He, had a, he announced it during the playoffs – because he wanted them to talk about LeBron James. He wanted LeBron Center to have something to talk about. So yeah. he, now he has his movie. Thankfully, his movie's keeping him relevant. In Space Jam 2, which hopefully he cries to the refs to get a foul call. Because that's, <laughs> that's his go-to move. No, that would be too realistic. This is a fantasy movie. Oh, that's right. So, And the only reason he's announcing this change is because he wants the money Players get money from their jersey sales. So changing your number from 23 to 6, all the dumb Lakers fans who are idiots who complained this year about losing the first round. and LeBron has no one around them are going to ditch their 23 jersey and buy a number 6 jersey, and LeBron's going to be laughing his way to the bank. Yeah, seriously. So this, this is exactly like what it is. He's just doing it to stay relevant. That's a great point. It's something that I immediately thought, and it's just its just sad. Really just sad. But that being said, we're done talking about LeBron. Crazy stat, 19%. Damn near one in five games. <laughs> like, that's insane. But the NBA will be back to its normal schedule in 2021-2022, right? The end of this year, from October to June, with tip-off beginning 19th of October. Guess what, LeBron? Guess what? Like, the finals are slated to end July 22nd if there's a game seven. Yeah, you're you're going to have, like, three or four months off again. Like, what he are was you angry. talking He was angry because he didn't get to take the family to Cabo and shout Taco Tuesday. Yeah, he's – yeah, anyways. The guy is ridiculous. We're, we're moving on. As Nick touched on at the beginning of this episode – we have some awards to hand out. We are not the awarders. <laughs> We're just talking about them. <laughs> so Nikola Jokic won the MVP. Some people on this podcast think the league got it wrong. Some people on this podcast think he's a good. You pick. But he dropped 26.4 points per game and 8.3 assists per game, which are career highs. Can someone get me his rebound total? Because I believe his rebound total was in double digits. And he beat out Joel Embiid, center of the Philadelphia 76ers, and Stephen Curry, point guard, Golden State Warriors. It's 10-point Jermaine. I was faster than that in turn. Be better. <laughs> so he averaged a double-double and damn near a triple-double as a center in the league. <laughs> he left. Uh, so uh, Nikola Jokic is the first second-round draft pick ever to win this honor, going number 41 overall. Next, we have the Rookie of the Year. Rookie of the Year was handed out today to LaMelo 
Saintavious Ball. I just made up that middle name. Um, I mean, based on criteria. Sports Center highlights. Based on criteria, I thought it should have gone to Anthony Edwards. Availability was is much more important. He was playing without DeAndre Russell, without Carl Anthony Towns. I discussed it at nauseum when we picked our awards in a previous podcast, so you can go ahead and check that out if you want. Plus, the last two months of the season when Russell and Carl Anthony Towns came back, he was crazy efficient. But much kudos to LaMelo Ball, who averaged 15.7 points per game and 6.1 assists uh, for winning the Rookie of the Year. He beat Anthony Edwards from Minnesota and Tyrese Halliburton uh, from Sacramento. Yes, I did see his tweet. His tweet is uh, – it's a first-round pick you just slided. Like, he's – not a first-round. Number one overall pick you just slided. Like, this man has talent. And now he has talent and anger. And you know, like, the people on his team ain't that good. He could easily become the alpha <laughs> real quick because those other dudes don't have that personality. Bums. All right, we'll move into the defense player of the year. Rudy Gobert won the Defense Player of the Year for the third time, joining Dikembe Mutombo and Ben Wallace and Dwight Howard as the only players to do it. He beat out Ben Simmons, point guard for the Philadelphia 76ers, and Draymond Green forward for the Golden State Warriors. All right, Nick, surprises, status quo, as expected. What do you What do you got? Yeah, I mean, I think we predicted the Jokic one. I think that, you know, besides E's conversation that he wants Embiid to win it, I think Jokic was – you know, we we laid the stats out. I was surprised that Anthony Edwards didn't win over Lamelo Ball. I'll still go back to the fact that that was Sports Center highlights talking. I don't actually know how much that is. I just like to rant and rave. Uh, you know, I mean, Rudy Gobert. He's a very good defensive player. I have no problem with him winning. Eric is scratching his head because Ben Simmons got slighted. I guess. Did you get my sarcasm? It was dripping. Uh, he got slighted for this award. Uh. How much of this award is the writers wanting to make history? Uh, I don't think it's that. I, okay. I mean, th- that might have some part to do it because they were like, he's, he really has gotten better since his first award, which is kind of scary to say. But the other part of it is this award is biased towards big men. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why anyone is really that surprised. I mean, I said he's the fourth player to win it three times. And the other three players I named were centers who play similar style to him. Dikembe Mutombo, Ben Wallace, Dwight Howard. None of them scores. All of them rebounders. All of them shot blockers. All of them tremendous help deep defenders and can steal the ball from your grandma. So, uh, yeah, no, I didn't. So I don't know why you said that. All right, let's move on. So, so we we covered the MVP, the Rookie of the Year, and the Defensive Player of the Year. As Jermaine said, Executive of the Year uh, and Most Improved, right? Uh, no, Most or Improved came out. It should be Comeback Player. Comeback Player of the Year are still going to be decided. With that being said, and talking about the Defensive Player of the Year, the all-defensive team was released. So, Jermaine, E, I'll read off the first and second teams to you. You tell me if there's any surprises or anybody got shafted. All right, so the first team, all-NBA defensive team. Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, Green, Drew Holiday, and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Second team, 
Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, uh, Thigh Bully, <laughs> and Kawhi. Uh, so, look, I understand that on this, it's two guards, two forwards in the center. Um, but if you're going to – so they changed it specifically for the all-NBA teams. I don't know why you changed it for the all-defensive teams. Drew Drew Holiday, in my opinion, is the odd man out there. He should not have been there uh, on the number on the first team. On the second team, absolutely, the dude's a, the dude's a dog. He he should be in this ten, and I think they got this ten correct. But yeah, I I don't know, man. I just don't agree with Holiday being first team over some of the guys I'm looking at on the second team. But as far as this list goes, I think they nailed it. 76ers have one of the scariest defenses in the league with those three guys when on their court. They are so gigantic, each one of them individually. When you see them stand next to each other, you're like, how are you supposed to score? It is insane. It is insane. But then when you get to the other side, it's like, how are they supposed to score? So I guess it's giving <laughs> <laughs> So those so so those are the best those are the best ten def, ten best defensive players in the NBA right now. Uh yeah, this year, correct. Okay, yeah. All right, we'll move it now into all NBA teams. So then again, I'll give you the first, second, and third team. You tell me who got slighted and who didn't. So we'll start with the third team: Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, Rudy Gobert. The second team: Dame Time, CP3, Julius Randle. LeBron, LeBron James, uh, Joel Embiid. First team, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Giannis Atutakimpo, Kawhi, and Jokic. Thoughts? What a travesty. <laughs> These lists, this is, this might be the worst all-NBA team ordering I've ever seen in my 20 plus years of watching hoops. All right. So ba- basically that means you all these first second teams are trash. It's so give unreal. Me, give Kyrie me, Irving give, on this list. Give me give me your just give me your first and second team. All right. So first team Steph Curry, obviously. Luka Doncic does not belong. There's just so much hype about him. They love him. If you look at his statistics and Dame statistics, it's damn near the same, except analytically, Dame's better. He even said it. Doncic even said it in the in, earlier in the year. He was like, "Why are you guys choosing me over Dame?" And I think it was for the All Star game, right? Yes. Again, it was for the All Star game. This is what I don't understand. The players know. If the players know, how is it so hard for you, who's watching the same game, to not grasp this concept? Luka Doncic is gonna be next. He's going to be that dude for a long time. He's already that dude. But did you watch this year? Luka Doncic struggled for the first two months. Dame Lillard played with me, you, and E on his squad and got to the fucking playoffs in this, and like, as the 60, avoiding the playing games. Like, it's, it doesn't which, make sense. Which one of us is CJ McCollum? <laughs> now nah, nobody wants to be that bum. Anyway, okay, so good. I, yeah, me, you, ease TJ McCollum, and <laughs> yeah, Dame yeah, Lillard yeah. is the starting five. Yeah, there it is, right there. So Steph Curry, Dame Lillard, 
I think you, you definitely keep Giannis. Giannis balled again. But they changed the rules specifically for this, right? They changed the rules this year, which doesn't make any sense because I just explained it. It's two forwards, two guards, and a center. But they changed the rules. They changed the rules, and they did not put the man who deserved to be first team all the way. The dude who got beat by Jokic for the MVP this year did not make first team. (laughs) Explain to me how that makes sense. How can you be a finalist for the most valuable player trophy in the league and not make first team? I'm asking. Explain. 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 (laughs) Somebody explain that to me. So so so, So what's your second team then? So your first team was Curry, Dame, Giannis, Embiid, and Jokic. Yes, exactly. Okay, give me your second team. Second team? I'm sorry. LeBron was balling this year, but then he missed like 60 days. <laughs> 60 days of a calendar and, year. And the second round of the playoffs. Hey, <laughs> yeah, that, that was funny. But like, how do you miss that many games and still make the second team? It's LeBron. It's LeBron James. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the second team, I've got Luka Doncic. I've got Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul, obviously. His stats did not explain his value this year. So I got him and Doncic as the guards. I've got Kawhi Leonard as the forward. I've been championing Julius Randle all year, right? Julius Randle I considered for the first team because he was that good. Sucked butt in the playoffs. Needs to understand how to (laughs) score when defense is actually focused on him. You know, that's another story. And then you're left with the same dilemma that you had in the first thing, right? So Kawhi, Randall, CP3, Doncic, and you're left with the issue, which is the reason why Embiid didn't make the first team in the first place, is because you have to pick a center, right? If I could, I'd throw LeBron in here because LeBron did play that well this year. But he didn't play better than Randall. He didn't play better than Kawhi this year. And that's how it breaks out. You pick two forwards, you pick two guards. LeBron does not qualify if you if you follow that criteria. But that is why Doncic and Kawhi got first team and Embiid got disrespected and put on the second team. Because then you'd have to pick your third team center for your second team center. And now you have to figure out who the fourth team center or who the third team center is, and you're picking four. So they dis in the year of the big man, they disrespected the big man with these teams. Guy guy wins defensive player of the year, is all NBA defensive first team, and is all NBA third team. It's yeah. It's, <laughs> I don't explain that one to me. It, it doesn't make any sense, and that yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. They're disrespecting the big man again because they love themselves some fucking guards, bro. They love it. They're so biased. They're so biased. And that you can cl- clearly see it by these teams. And I was sick when I saw this. But with that being said, let's go ahead and move on to the next topics. Uh, in an eventful day, Kawhi Leonard uh, – oh, so we're going to cover the uh, – anyways. So Kawhi Leonard might have torn his ACL. We don't have any confirmation. Chris Ball got COVID and two coaches were fired. <laughs> right? So with that being said – <laughs> I mean, we'll go into the 
uh, conference semis discussion. The Suns have already swept the Nuggets. If you haven't seen it, we'll talk about a little video that might be the greatest video the internet's ever created <laughs> a little later in this podcast. Um, like I said, Chris Ball is in the health and safety protocols for testing positive despite being vaccinated. That is a huge blow to the Phoenix Suns, who were widely considered the favorites to come out of the West after the sweep of the Nuggets. They're awaiting their opponent between the Clippers and the Jazz, which is tied 2-2. It looked like Clippers had taken, snatched momentum back, just like in the previous series, by winning two straight on their home floor. But Kawhi got bumped late by Joe Ingles in what I thought was an unnecessary play. But it was a pretty routine play, but I thought it was unnecessary. He ran into him just on purpose and might have ended up tearing his ACL. Then you have the Nets Bucks, and this might this might be the single greatest performance of the year in a year of performances that have just been I mean, individual performances this year have been insane. I've seen some ridiculous performances, but what KD did in game five of this Nets Bucks series to give them the Nets the three two advantage over the Bucks was insane. Kyrie sprained his ankle in game four. KD got pretty much Shut down. Still scored like 29 points or something, so I don't know how shut down he got. But Harden comes back, plays 46 minutes, shoots one for 10, and scores like eight points. KD dropped 49 points, 17 boards, 10 assists on 16 to 23 shooting, played all 48 minutes, and was the only player in postseason history to with 45 points, 15 rebounds, and 10-plus assists in a single game. Couldn't score 50. What a bum. <laughs> he actually – he actually missed a free throw. So he got fouled. He goes to the line. He, he goes, he steps up. He's at 48. He's getting two free throws. Steps up, shoots the first one, and misses the first free throw. They're up three. So if you hit a free throw, it pretty much puts the game out of, out of reach. Misses the first free throw. Dog, I was like, oh, he missed it. He doesn't get 50 now, which is his playoff career high. How ridiculous is that, dude? Can't do it. And as we said at the beginning of this uh, podcast, the Hawks and 76ers are tied at two apiece, currently playing game five. Philadelphia's leading 100 to 89. Joel Embiid has been hurt in the series. Trey Young has been hurt in the series. Both players are seeming to play through it. And it's been a pretty entertaining game. Or series in general. This series is pretty compelling, actually. Trey Young is announcing himself. He had 18 assists in game four. So is that a lot of assists? <laughs> yeah, he he broke the re- record for uh, most assists by the youngest player. Word has it he also assisted Joel Embiid to the locker room for his inevitable injury. <laughs> that was his, that was his nineteenth one. <laughs> oh, hey, he's trying so hard not to laugh right now, but he's like cracking <laughs> a little smile because that was a fucking good joke. <laughs> that that was a good one. We'll finish up. So so Jermaine Jermaine mentioned the the two coaches fired just to cover that. That's Stan Van Gundy from the Pelicans and Scott Brooks didn't get fired from the Wizards, but they didn't agree to a contract extension with him. Yep. So he just walked away. And then the final piece of NBA news: Kembra Walker is hurt, quote unquote. But the Celtics tried to trade him, asking and and asking for a friend. Jermaine is a breakup uh, imminent between the Celtics and and Walker. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Where does he so, go? Um, 
I don't know where he goes. I just I put hurt in quotations just for the fact that Campbell Walker has been hurt his whole career. So it's pretty funny that he was hurt. The Celtics tried trading him. Celtics <laughs> were like, well, we were hurt. You didn't play. Yeah, we were hurt. We traded for your bum ass, bro. So there's there's a few point guard needy teams. Uh, Eric just so slyly suggested Chicago. Suggested Chicago. Man, that was a little tricky. Too many G's. You got, you got, you got my disease. Yeah, my Hispanic tongue got tongue tied, bro. Um, man, Chicago's a good one. Um, man, a lot of teams do not really make sense for Campbell Walker. That's that's I. That's what's so funny. Like, I do think an, a breakup's imminent, but he's not going to go to the to a place that you're thinking. I actually think the team that he goes to is going to be the New York Knicks. Interesting. So we'll monitor that situation as it goes. You got anything else for basketball? Uh, no, that's it. So that closes out our main topics of the show. Let's move to my favorite part of the show, standing O. Check that rhyme scheme there. <laughs> Toots his own horn. All right, get on with it, big fella. All right, so, well, I, so I, I have two things. I'm going to give a... Because it, this just got updated today. I'm going to give a standing O. Brooks Kepka rivalry with Bryson DeChambeau. He said it was good for the game. And I do agree, right? If these guys, even if they play act like they hate each other, it's going to draw more viewers into golf because we really don't have very good rivalries anymore in sports. Everybody's friends with everybody. They all go to Cabo in the offseason. And you can't really be that angry at people when you go to Cabo in the offseason with them. Right? Everything's settled over some drinks. Like if Jermaine and I were fighting, we'd probably be fine if we went to – fighting over a basketball game, we'd be fine if we were going to party in Cabo that year. Yeah, right? absolutely fine. We wouldn't even remember we were fighting. Yeah. I am going to issue a a early fine and cut him, though, for the U.S. Open. <laughs> the U.S. Open, this was released today. The pairings for the opening of the the opening round of the U.S. Open. The U.S. Open did not pair Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau together, missing out on potentially millions of of viewers. I would have watched. I would have watched all four days just to see a boxing match break out. <laughs> I wanted him to hold him down and make him say uncle. Make him say uncle. That that's a uh, that's foreshadowing for something coming up. Uh, so Brisbane, Australia was selected for the 2032 Olympics. You say, Nick, why do I care about that? I don't care about Australia. Well, it's the first ever host city to be selected unopposed. Brisbane, Australia got the world to agree to something. <laughs> yeah, no other no other city put in a bid for the 2032 Olympics. I think it was it was. More of cities going, we're still going to be alive by that year? <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Uh, we're not. We're going to get hit by the Alpha Delta strain at the same time. No doubt. All right, so uh, for the final two standing O's, we have Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson is a recent six-man of the year recipient for the National Basketball Association. He plays backup guard for the Utah Jazz. He – immediately upon hearing this news, despite not being Filipino in any way, shape, or form. Actually, I don't know that. So maybe I'm speaking out of my rear end on this one. But he paid to repair a Filipino food truck that was tagged by vandals in anti-Asian 
uh, vernacular in Utah. So I thought that was pretty cool of him. And, oh, he is Filipino. See, that's why I said I changed it real quick. <laughs> I was like, it's oddly specific. Who knew? Jordan, is Jordan Clarkson the best Asian player in the league right now? Is Jeremy Lin still in it? No, he's not. Who's Damn. better? Why are you shaking your head? Don't you say Rui Hachimura. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what he was going to say. Get out of here, you bum. Anyways, and finally, last but not least, the greatest video the internet has ever created – amongst all-time classic, like, hood rat things with my hood rat friends and Charlie bit my finger. Or the unforbid- unforgivable guy who just wants Chick-fil-A. Some woman fries. I said, who that one is? That's my brother. <laughs> no brother. A Suns fan at the uh, close to the end of Game 3, I believe it was Game 3, um, is being shit-talked by the Denver Nuggets fans. Two Denver Nuggets fans, to be exact. He did not take too kind. Apparently, they were tugging at his jersey, and they poured a beer on him. So this that we didn't see this in the video, though. It was not in the video. The video starts at this point. He steps over a few rows and up to these guys, gets in their face, starts talking crap. One guy moves to walk away. His other buddy does the same thing while putting his phone in his pocket, trying to act all sly. Setting up his sucker punch, which comes out of nowhere, and he just hits the dude. The dude backs up, almost falls into the back row, bounces back up. The other dude's still hitting him, and he snags him and hits him once, twice. This dude doubles over. He starts uppercutting. Everyone's yelling at him to stop. His buddy reaches in to try to punch him. He takes his hand from uppercuts and hits that dude in the face while talking shit. Looks at the camera. Goes back to the hockey punch uppercuts. The refs are coming in to break up the fight, and he starts shit-talking to the camera. He's just like, what? What? Sons in four. And he throws up four fingers to put up the ultimate stamp of disrespect. Then, in game four, to cap off this man's performance, Chris Paul Paul summoned him as his spirit animal and hit the most mid-range jumpers in the third quarter in the last 25 years with six just snatching the soul of the Denver Nuggets. So much so that Nikola Jokic was impacted by this Suns and Four guy and had hit Cameron Payne in the nose and get himself ejected because he didn't want to be on the court with his shitty players to catch this sweep. Listen, if listen, it seems like Disney is all about the social media these days, and ESPN is a product of Disney. If you don't hire this guy, the camera presence that he had to hockey to alternate punches between uppercutting the guy that he had hit the other hit his other buddy in the face. I mean that's that's first of all that's defense in depth right there. <laughs> and then to identify this, like I mean to get his head out of that situation, keep his head in a swivel, see the cameraman say, "You know what? Mom always said I'd be something. <laughs> it's my time <laughs> to go viral." And just hit him with the suns in 4 and deliver a couple of 1 2 3 4 punches. So to cap this off, uh, Devin Booker sent out a tweet looking for this guy, and Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports actually interviewed him and made three different T-shirts that if you were to go buy this T-shirt that says Sons and Four, 
this fan, who I don't know his name, is going to get 50% of the proceeds. That's incredible. Yeah. What's incredible is the Atlanta Hawks are down four all of a sudden in the fourth quarter. Yeah. All right. With that being said, shout out to Jordan Clarkson, Brooks Kepka. I'm speaking it real. Brisbane, Australia for being unopposed. And Suns and four guy. Standing out to you. Let's move on to Feynman Cut. All right. So for the first one, we have a little bit of political drama between Russia and Ukraine. Ukraine's kit, Ukraine's kit had a map that with Crimea on it. And if you've been under a rock, there was a recent annexation attempt of Crimea. <laughs> and they also had a phrase that said glory to the heroes, referencing its soccer players. So um, the I think it's FIFA came back, or no, it's UEFA, came back and said they need to remove glory for the heroes, which was inside the shirt, but they could keep Crimea. <laughs> so, 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 no, so nobody would have said it is what you're – nobody would have seen it is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would have seen it. Huh. Let's see. What is one million Russian ruples? How much does that equal? Oh, that's uh. No, I'm just saying. Like that's like. I mean, uh, uh FIFA really. Like I mean, <laughs> I, like I, when when are we when are we going to like just admit like when does FIFA when do we just put this all out in the open? The Olympics, like the the Russian national team. When are we going to admit? that Russia is just blatantly bribing officials. <laughs> this is blatant bribery. Like yeah. nobody would have nobody would have seen this. Nobody would have cared about it. Do you think FIFA cares about what Ukraine has on the inside of their shirts? No, but a big bag of ruples showed up on uh whatever the new Set Blatter 2.0. Yeah, and it showed up exactly. on his desk. Yeah. Exactly. All right. So Russia Screw you, UEFA, screw you. Let's move on. What's what's new? So, in our second piece of Fineman and Cut'em, Le'Veon Bell says that he would retire first before playing for head coach Andy Reid again. Later apologizes for the tweet, but not for what he said. <laughs> kind of a, I, I, I'm sorry that that tweet got sent, but I don't apologize for what the tweet said. It's like, well, Le'Veon, you kind of, you, you kind of got to take one or the other. <laughs> you can't do both. This is this is a fine cut for so many reasons. First of all, Tehran Matthew should be in standing O for his response to this. Yeah, one hundred percent. But Le'Veon Bell, I mean, this is just a pattern. He 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 said Adam Gase was not getting him the ball enough in New York. That may have been true. Now he says one of the best head coaches of our generation and Andy Reid that he would retire first before playing for him. That After- is. After just being in the Super Bowl, yeah. Like, what what are you talking about? Like, you're they signed you for pennies on the dollar. You're not going to be a starting running back. <laughs> like, wh- like, wh- what do you want? He's still a free agent, though. <laughs> yeah, and and, he, and and in his quote, he's still a free agent because he doesn't want another team to uh, screw him over. So he's going to make the decision which is code for nobody's offering me because I'm a locker room cancer and Mike Tomlin is one of the best coaches of all time. Point number, <laughs> what is this? Point number what? Ex- example number 627, why Mike Tomlin is one of the greatest head coaches of all time. Yeah, he at one time managed Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, uh, <laughs> and uh, Le'Veon Bell. Unreal, bro. Unreal. 
Yeah, uh, let's move it on. All right, so Vince Wilfork recently came out and, and said that he had a couple of items stolen from his house. Uh, there were two Super Bowl rings sold for over $62,000. He also reported missing two AFC championship rings, a college football championship ring. Vince Wolfark was on the Miami Hurricanes. Necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. The thief was actually living right under Vince's own nose. It was his own son, DeAndre Holmes Wolfork, who was arrested and charged with theft greater than $300,000. What kind of falling out do you think they had to have for this to... For, for this kind of theft to occur. I don't. He stole the man's most prized possessions. Which like is like a good that, way to get at your dad. Like that's insane, dude. That's such an insane thing that like he took his championship rings from everything. Every like everywhere. He's like, you don't get no, you don't got no championships. And then after he took his championships, he's like, oh, he's got nice jewelry. Because yeah. <laughs> they're probably in the same spot. And he walked out with that. <laughs> oh my goodness, dude. What a goon, bro. So his bail is actually posted at three hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> That's oh good. man. So the person who bought I think it was a Boston Patriots fan, right? Boston Patriots. You ain't no Patriots. I was going to say Boston fan. You, Anyways, doesn't matter. He bought those rings for the 62K and then reached out to Vince Wilfork and, like, asked him about the rings. And Vince Wilfork was like, huh? What? Yeah, so initially he didn't think they were stolen. He thought they were in storage, so he didn't report them. When the fan reached out to him, that's when he reported his, his John's missing. Interesting. It was such a weird story to read, dude. But not, not, I repeat, as weird as this story. We have a golfing story coming to you out of Wichita, right? Newton, Kansas, the Wichita Open. <laughs> Luke Smith is playing in the tournament and gets upset at Austin Daly, a fellow golfer, and they're running threes with Derek Fribbs. Uh, needless to say, <laughs> that Luke Smith's not having a very good game. His dad's his caddy, and he keeps hitting into the roughs, and they're falling behind the people they, they started behind. They are now two holes back because, because Austin Daly's not helping them look for balls in the rough. Luke Smith gets upset, makes a comment to him. Austin Daly responds, if <laughs> – uh, Luke Smith says, if we could give equal effort looking for balls to picking up flag sticks, we might catch up. He's daily responds, I'm not here to look for your balls. Just hit it straighter and hit it on the green. <laughs> not a bad point. Not, not a bad point. Then, according to Fribbs, daily pushed Smith's father. And that's when Luke Smith jumped on top of him. Hit, on the, hit him in the face, jumped on top of him, and then – <laughs> proceeded to hold him down until he said uncle. <laughs> yes. We are talking about two grown men here. <laughs> the semi-pro golfers. <laughs> Wrestling in the grass. Yeah. Wrestling. You just acted, <laughs> just acting a fool. Really? Oh my goodness. It's so pathetic, but it's equally one of the most funny sports stories I've ever read. I'm sure nothing's going to come out of it. Everyone's going to get over it and they'll move on. But with that being said, 
Russia, UEFA, Le'Veon Bell, DeAndre Holmes, Will Fork, and Luke Smith and Austin Daly. You've been fined and you've been cut. All right, Nick, take away, take the trivia question for us. All right, so we asked you to end this episode 69. How many players in NBA history have been named to the all-defensive team at least 12 times? Three players have had this honor. Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and Kobe Bryant, RIP, who all went into the Hall of Fame at exactly the same time. Yeah, that, I thought that was pretty staggering. I'm not really like a, sure. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was um I was sure someone else had done it. Is that the cool. greatest generation of defense ever? What's your all what's your all what's your all time NBA defensive team? Jesus, there's so many good players. Use 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 the two guards, two forwards, one center. Yeah, I was afraid you were gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I could pick five centers if I wanted to. I'm shutting everyone down. Ain't nobody getting no one. The final score All is right. going to be 30 to 27. Okay, so two guards. I'm going Gary Payton, Michael, jo- down. Michael Jordan. Um, Draymond Green. Dennis Rodman. <sighs> I was gonna. I was. It's either Rodman or Pippen, and I'm so biased, but I'm gonna have to say Rodman, even though Pippen's my favorite player. So Dennis Rodman and Jesus Christ, center position so loaded. It's like who do I want? This is like an embarrassment of riches. You want Dukembe Mutombo? (laughs) I love. That's a pretty solid Dukembe Mutombo. I love Dukembe, bro. Um. Let's go Kevin Garnett at center. There you have it. The undisputed, unchallengeable, all-defensive team of all time. Also, that squad's stealing your chain and, and fucking that bitch, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You definitely don't want to be on the team playing with any of those. <laughs> you're going to be any so of those. You're, you're going to lose. You're going to lose your chain either to Kevin Garnett physically removing it from you or Michael Jordan gambling it off your neck. Yeah, and, and to Gary Payne, will snatch it. D-Rod will snatch it. You got no, some D- of the – D-Rod's going to be too busy banging your wife. Yeah, yeah. there you go. You got Draymond, Gary Payne, and Jordan all talking shit. KG talking shit, bro. I'm sure Dennis Rodman was a good shit talker. That's That's got to be the best shit. That's got to be the best shit talking team of all time. 100%, bro. 100%, dude. Well, we thank you guys for tuning into this episode 69. Hope you liked what we covered. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously with, with episode, uh, 70. Remember to, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at podcast room three Oh three. Keep supporting us. Keep, uh, letting us know how we're doing. What do you got for the people, Jermaine? I don't have anything. Thank you for listening again. That's it for myself, Nick and E. We'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the room.